Good morning, congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great honor and privilege to be with you this morning to present the Word of God. Greeting from my family and from the New Life uh, Hispanic Ministry in Toronto. I'm doing ministry in, in Toronto uh, since 2020, and also I'm working in the Central America region as the Ming's uh, Dean Coordinator. I am Pastor Jose Ramirez, for those who don't know me. And I was born in El Salvador, but in 1989, I came to the city of Toronto to live in there. Since then, I have been doing ministry all over Central America. And I am so happy to be with you this morning. I'd like to thank uh, uh, the elders, the council, the uh, pastors of this church for the invitation. Uh, and I hope that my English is good enough for you to understand me this morning. I'd like to invite you to open the Bibles in the um, last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 16 through uh, 20. Those are the verses that we're going to read uh, to talk about mission and what is to do mission locally, but also uh, foreign missions. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. This is the word of the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubt. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and in, on earth has, given, uh, has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So far, the word of the Lord. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is that in the scripture that in God's decree is established the missionary work of the church as we, as, as well as the scope of the missionary work what it means by decree. It is understood that God, before the foundation of the world, decreed everything that will happen uh, in this world. And nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, go away from that that God planned before the foundation of the world. Then, this decree, or his decrees, in his decrees, God established that through Christ's sacrifice, his people, the elect, the people of God, will be reconciled with God, will be brought to God, bring them to a relationship with him will be reconciled with the Father 
and the church will be commissioned by divine decree to go and make disciples of all nations. Our work is not only local. Our work as missionaries, as workers, workers of the God have to go more than what we do locally. In this order of priorities, the church carry out the mission, the good news of salvation. That's the beauty of the gospel. We bring hope to the nation. We bring reconciliations to the nations. And we bring God's word to the nations. That's what we do. In a city like Toronto, where all the nations come together, just in Covenant Reformed Church of Toronto, we have about 20 to 25 different nationalities. We don't have to go out to do mission. We just have to go out of our neighborhood to, to our friends, to our co-workers, to do mission among them, to bring the gospel to them, to tell them that there is a, a bigger uh, thing for us in this world, that God is in control of everything and that we can trust him anytime, anywhere, because he is with his people. God commissions, God endures, God sustains missionary work. But all through the work of the cross, all to the work of Jesus did in the, on the cross. This is the mission, and this is the hope. The people dwelling in darkness have seen great light, the light of salvation. You can see that in Matthew 4, 16. The mission is international. This word begins in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world. That's, that's what we were commissioned by God to go for, to bring the gospel. So for that, in this uh, sermon, I wanted to appoint you to three things. The first one is the authority in which the mission is carried out. Second, the scope of the mission. And third, the divine promise that we have in Christ to bring this uh, uh, message. First, brother and sister, we have to see the authority. The church must see the Great Commission as an imperative. He commissioned us to go, to do this. He, if you see the, the Greek in there, it's not passive. In the contrary, it's imperative. You have to go. He commissioned us. The church has no mission of its own. The mission is from God. He gave us, as, as church, the commission that we have to do. And we have to obey him and go forward, bring the good news of salvation to those elects that are spread all over the world. We have to do this. But first of all, we have to discipleship them. 
evangelize them, consolidate them in the church. We just not go and tell them, this is what we have to do. This is what the Lord has uh, called you to do. No, we have to make sure that they grow up in church. We have to make sure that these people will receive the gospel in a proper way, in a biblical way, but we have to consolidate them in church. See, that's the problem with churches right now. People come and go. They don't stay in church. They come and hear the message once and they never come back. Or if they come back, they don't know what to do because nobody approached them to invite them to their homes. One of the things that we always talk with Pastor Richard about is the importance to open the doors of our house to these new people in church. Sadly, some of the members don't even pay attention if there are new people in church. And we need to see this as an opportunity to go and to bring them to trust us. Because trusting is a big important thing in church. We are brothers and sisters. And as brothers and sisters, we have to bring together a good and healthy fellowship. Brothers and sisters, what is the Great Commission then? What is the Great Commission? It's God's command that we carry the message to the lost. Jesus commanded his disciple in concrete, go and make disciples, evangelize them in village, towns, big cities, everywhere. We have to do, we have to carry this mission. We are responsible to establish the kingdom of God. He came, Jesus came, and he started the kingdom of God. But he commanded us to go and continue to do his work until he come back again for his church. This is what we were called to do. Carry out the message of salvation is fundamental. But under what authority we go? First of all, we go in the authority of Christ. That's the first thing that we have to know. We don't go to make a name. No, we don't go uh, to just, to, just for, to go. We go because Jesus is the great missionary. He came from heaven. You see that? He came from heaven just to rescue us from our sins. And we have to go in his name. We have to go in his power. We have to go in his authority to bring the gospel to the lost. This is our task. The great missionary is God. Before the foundation of the world, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit got together and planned all the things that later on he was going to develop in this world. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. 
And then he creates man. And then he creates uh, other things. But man, mankind, move out the way that he practically gave to, to him. And he has to come and restore him, bring him back to him. And that doesn't enter. Till now, he is bringing us back to him. Before and to the end, by the work of the cross. Send, God sends the uh, son of substitute for Adam. He sent him as a substitute for Adam. Because Adam cannot save himself. He had to have a, a substitute. Neither we are. We need Christ to be saved from our sins. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. This is the key verse for domestic cross-cultural mission. This project has two important comments, uh, components. Sorry. The power to carry out the mission, the mission to be carried out. The church develops world evangelization to discipleship and expository preaching. You know, when I went to El Salvador in 2010 to do mission over there, I stayed in El Salvador for five years. When I got there, nobody knew about the Reformation. And the only things that they know back then about the Reformation was that Luther divided the church. And uh, uh, Calvin killed Servet. That was all they knew. Mm. Because that they were taught away. The Roman Catholic Church taught them, them that uh, practically uh, Luther go against the church, the original church. I saw a lot a lot of good uh, places to, to bring the good news of salvation. And I started in Santa Ana, which is a city on the west of El Salvador. I built, I planted a couple of uh, Ming Center in Santa Ana. And then I started to go church by church, Sunday by Sunday asking them if they want to have a means center in their church. That's how we, I got a lot of people interested in means. And I go from uh, the west to the east, to the middle of the country, teaching and preaching the good news of salvation from a reform perspective. And now I'm happy that in five years, I practically plant uh, 10 uh, center, Ming centers in, in El Salvador only, with around 190 to 200 students in El Salvador. Some of these students now are the professor of the seminary in this uh, country. Some of them are in the process to finish their uh, deeming with Ming and so on. There are a lot of stories that I can tell you 
about the mission that we have done in Central America, and South America, and in some other parts of the world. Minks is not a simple seminary or a normal seminary or a domestic seminary. While well, we train local people to train local people. We train people to go and do the mission locally. And this is the beauty of, the, of uh, Miami International Seminary. And we keep doing this in Asia, in Africa, in some in Europe, in Latin America, all over the world. We are now in 70 different countries of the uh, globe, teaching in different languages, translating our materials in different languages. Brothers, we are in the last days, and we need to bring the uh, sound doc doctrine all over, when, wherever and when we can, to the elect who are spread all over the nations. I urge you, I urge you to do this here in this area, which I understand there's a lot of Latinos in this area. There's a lot of people in great need in this area. And we need to put this in our shoulders and go on, go out and bring the good news of salvation to them, to encourage them to become a followers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our task, and we need to go for it. On that, I, I wanted to go to the scope of the mission. The scope of the mission must be local, national, international. God has commanded the church to carry a message, a message of redemption, the range from presenting the message of salvation to his people to restore them, to restoring them. See, sometimes we think that we do enough when we preach the gospel, but we have to do a bit more. We have to do a bit more. I know the main task that we have is to bring the gospel, but there is a lot of hurt people around us people who are desperate, people who are in need, people who are practically in a lot of different situations. And we have to show them the, practice, the side practice of the gospel. We have to love them. We have to show them that Christ is not just in the Bible, but he is in our daily life that he is with us, that we need to, uh, to show them that God is in control of, of our lives and he's in control of everything around us and he's in control of their lives even though they see darkness all around them. The gospel brings light. We are the light of the world. We are. And that's what I see in these verses. See verse 18. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority is in heaven and on earth has given to me. 
everything has given to the Son. And he go on and said in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What a great commission we have. Are we doing this? Are we doing what the Lord has commanded us? I hope so. I truly hope so. Because this is what the Lord has uh, told us. Then I would like to mention two reasons why we have to do this. First of all, because it is an urgent mandate from the Lord. He gave us failure to fulfill this command makes us accomplices of the enemy, of the children of the covenant. And the kingdom of God will not have its perpetual manifestation if we don't do this. We have to go. Secondly, because if the, if the salvation of the number of the God's children is not complete, then the church must continue in this corrupt and wicked world. I don't know you, brothers and sisters, but I, I always pray to God, when is going to end this? When this is going to become to an end? Because I, I see a lot of different situations all around me. And honestly, I'm not so happy in this world. World filled of danger, hate, and some other stuff. We need to understand that we have a great city with God. And we have to put ourselves uh, to that place. We have to imagine how we'll be when we, we will be with God. Then the urgency of making disciples, Mark 16, 16% as an argument along the lines of discipleship. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved by, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So you see the thing here? Here, Mark is appointed two things. And, and is making a sharp uh, division between the elects and the reprobate. He's saying, who, those who believe in Christ will be saved, but those who don't believe in Christ are condemned already. They are condemned already. So we don't have to go to bring the, those who were rejected by God but we have to preach the gospel to those who God elect to be his children from before the foundation of the world. Although we don't know who they are, we have to bring the gospel outside. Actually, I don't know if you have heard about the term of ecclesia. That term means a group of people that is brought outside 
group of people who go outside. It's an assembly who go out. I mean, on Sundays, it's good to be in church, worship God, sing songs, hear the word of God. But during the week, we need to go out and bring the good news of salvation to those who are lost. This is, our, this is our call as church, to go on for. Interestingly, uh, in this verse, Mark 16, 16, Mark used one term, pisteo, which means believe, trust. And especially the Hispanic community, trusting is a big thing for us. You know, if I don't trust you, I don't go to your house. If I don't trust you, I don't ride in your car. If I don't trust you, I may say, you know, you're a good guy and everything, but I would not go with you where you tell me to go with you if I don't trust you. So trusting is a big thing in the Hispanic community. And we need to bring these people, and we need to talk to them, and we need to encourage them, and we need to invest in them to gain their trust. And as soon as we get their trust, it's easy to minister them. Easy, very easy to minister them. But you have to have their trust first. I did a mission work in, in the area of Ancaster, Ontario, in Canada. These Mexicans, they uh, come to do the agriculture uh, thing in the area. So, and uh, five churches got together and start a ministry among them. One year, it took me one year to get their trust. I went around their farms, talking to them, you know, invite them to for a coffee, you know, do different things with them. I tried to discipleship them in the first year and nobody answered positively. And I decided to postpone with that for a little while. The next year, after I got, I got their trust, uh, then I asked them if we can do this discipleship with them. Um, practically, I went to four different farms to talk about Christ and open the, the Bible with them. I started that ministry with practically uh, 12 people. That was the number I had the first Sunday. Next Sunday, I had 18. I, I, you probably are asking yourself how he knows all this. Well, I practically put it on my notes. And the group started to grow and grow. When I finished it to do that ministry in Ancaster, I had uh, on Sundays 50 to 65 men, all men, people who come to work to the area. Uh, that was a blessing for me. And now Pastor Ernest Langendung is doing that job. He took over me in 2018 because I was thinking to start with the ministry in Toronto. 
and that's how I pass it on to him and he continues to do a really good work in the area. So that's what we have to do. I have a lot of testimonies of what God did during my time with the Mexicans in that area. Just one testimony for you to know. This guy, he, he was a Roman Catholic uh, guy and his family all were Roman Catholic. He received Christ during my ministry in, in, this, in this area and he went, went back to Mexico so happy, you know, he, uh, Jesus found him, uh, he found comfort in him or uh, whatever. He got to his wife uh, he said, you know what, we're not going to go to Roman Catholic Church anymore. We're going to have to find another church uh, to go, a evangelical or uh, Protestant church. And the wife said to him, so then, move out of the house. I'm not going to be with you anymore. If you're Christian, if you're Protestant now, then I don't want anything to do with you. You have to leave our house. He called me that night. It was late at night. Uh, he called me crying and saying, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I, I, I came so happy and my wife practically threw me out of my own house. What should I do? And I told him, just pray and wait. Pray and wait. Don't give up on her. Don't give up on your family because your family is important for you. So stay calm. So he went uh, for a hotel uh, room for almost two weeks. He was in that hotel room. And later on, his wife called call him. I need to talk to you. Please come home. I need to talk to you. And surprisingly, when he got home, she said, you know what, you have to come back home. Something is going on with me. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel something on, on me that I cannot describe right now. Later on, the whole family went to a Protestant church, and now they all are Christians. That was four, four, about four years ago, and he is still faithful to the Lord. Every time he goes to to the Ancaster area, he called me, Pastor, I brought something from my wife. Please come and get it, and we go for a coffee. So those are the things that God has sent us to do. Restore those who are broken. Restore the families. You know, families are so broken on these days. We need to restore them with the message of the gospel. If the gospel doesn't do the work, we can, we can, but we need to bring this gospel. With this, I'm gonna go to the uh, last point, which is the divine promise that we have in the gospel. One of the greatest uh, promise that we find in the Great Commission uh, are those that we can see are glorious to see that we bring the gospel. But now, these promises not only go from what we do locally, but 
spread to all over. See, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says that we have to start in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria, and to the end of the world. But he says also that he gave to the church a power. But what is that power? You know, in the, in the Pentecostal church, in the charismatic church, they think that power is to be a superman and to do miracles, to do a lot of things. But honestly, when we go to the text, it's nothing about that. It's about power to what? To testify, even with our lives. Actually, the term that Luke uses in this verse is the thing, term martis. Be a martyr. A person who practically give up his life if, if it is necessary for the sake of the kingdom. It's not that we receive superpower to go and do the mission. No. We receive the authority and if it is necessary, we have to put our lives before God for the sake of the kingdom. That's the real authority that we receive from him. Brother and sister, the accompaniment of the message against him, uh, if we go back to Matthew chapter 20, uh, 28, verse 20, we see that promise. I will be with you. I will be with you. Always, not for a sort of time, always will be with you to the end of the world. And this is what we have to think about. We're not going our strength. We go in God's call. We bring the good news. And he promised, I will bring fruit of your work. I will bring fruit of your work. This is amazing. I, it's not you, I. It's a personal pronoun, I. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will bring fruit of our work. So we need to go, we need to bring the good news. And I'm going to close with this. The phrase, to the end of the age, indicates that our Lord has a plan. He is the Lord of history. To the end, to extend that churches follow his uh, direction and obey his word, they fulfill Christ's purpose in the world. Everything will come to its conclusion one day. In the meantime, we must faithfully bring the good news of salvation. Jesus gave us uh, 
the authority from where and to where we have to bring this good news. Then we have two promises. The first promise is of God confirms, confirms the mission. Second, the promise, God accompany the mission. He accompany us in this mission. And then there are two principles, two applications that we can find in this. One is ministerial. Go and carry out this message. The other, the other one is pastoral. Caring, training, and strengthening the church in their faith. In their faith. We have to do this to go and to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. God, our God, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, with humble heart, knowing that you are our God, the only one who can hear and understand us, and that you love us to the point to give your Son, Jesus, to save us from our sins. Father, we like to ask for your forgiveness because we have not done your work, the mission of the work, diligently, as you commanded us, and you commanded to, uh, to the apostles. Please help us to understand the importance of mission and give us a clear view to where and how we must do this work. Give us a heart for the lost and co compassionate and loving heart. Father, you are a triune God, a missionary God, and you put urgent us to go and make disciples to all nations. Please, Help us accomplish this task that you had given us and to put our best effort to do your mission work to the end of the world. In Jesus' holy name, amen.